0: We've been sitting with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And we've been learning from them. There is a day coming. It wasn't yesterday. Human beings, we're so foolish. We're so foolish. Abraham was a foolish man. The father of the faithful, the friend of God... But he was a fool too. Let's call a spade a spade. He wanted Eliezer to receive his his inheritance. Lord, just let Eliezer have it. I can't have a son. And then through Hagar, Ishmael came into his life and he said, Well, Ishmael will receive the blessing of God. And God remained silent. He protected his life with deception. He disowned his wife and put her at risk to Pharaoh. A foolish man, but the friend of God and the father of the faithful. We human beings are foolish. We want to know what we don't need to know, And we fail to live in what we do know. Grace provides what we don't deserve, Wayne Watson says, and mercy keeps back from giving those things we do. But we sit with Abraham to learn from him. We sit with the friend of God, the one who learned to walk with God through difficult ways. If your way is difficult today, If you're listening to the streaming and and you're in a refugee place because the Atchafalaya River is flowing in on your home, you're in a difficult place. God loves to meet men and women, boys and girls in difficult places. He is a God who overcomes difficulty. Abraham walked with God through difficult places, in difficult times. And he lived in a complex circumstance. Not just the complexity of his own foolishness, the complexity of this world. And if you live a complex life, you need to look at Abraham and listen to him and learn from him as he faced the complexities of his life. We're at that passage where we're going to say goodbye to Abraham in this world. And the next time we see Abraham we'll be at that feast where he and Isaac and Jacob are worshiping the Lamb that was slain and lives, the Messiah that they could only imagine in their hearts, who has come and lived among the Jewish people and among a few Greeks and taught them the way to, the way to walk with God, and then faced the rejection of humanity and died on a cross alone the death that you and I deserved. But death could not hold him. Governments could not judge him. And the grave had to surrender him because of the power of God that reigns in Jesus. And he is at that marriage feast of the Lamb with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the the place where we're going to sit and join him in that day of days that day that people would like to speculate as to when it is in our singing earlier we we said we will watch and watch doesn't mean that we're passively waiting but it means we're actively anticipating by doing the things that he has told us to do by living the life he has created for us by being the community of faith by joining the father of the faithful so we come to his finale we come to the point when abraham is about to die and the scripture records this final encounter of the friend of god look with me isaiah i'm uh, sorry genesis 25 Verse five. Now Abraham gave all that he had to Isaac, and to the sons of his concubines, Abraham gave gifts while he was still living, and sent them away from his son Isaac eastward, to the land of the east. These are the years of Abraham's life that he lived, one hundred and seventy-five years. Abraham breathed his last and died in a ripe old age, an old man satisfied with life, and he was gathered to his people. Then his sons Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Malpatha in the field of Ephron, the son of Zohar, the Hittite, facing Mamre, the field which Abraham purchased from the sons of Heth, where Abraham was buried with Sarah, his wife. And it came about, after the death of Abraham, that God blessed his son, Isaac, and Isaac lived by Bir Lehi-rohi. Abraham, the father of the faithful, He lived a complex life. The complexities of it are caught up in his family. It wasn't just Sarah or Sarai as she was first called and Hagar who were bearing children to him. We see in the verses just preceding this that Keturah became the wife of his old age and she bore children to him. And in this complex family, Abraham thought to fulfill the promise that God had given him. What do you do when the complexities of life call on you to give order in what could be chaos? Just imagine, Abraham is about to die. He's lived 175 years, and he has all of these offspring, but he knows that God has given him a son of promise, Isaac. And so he's very careful to provide for his other offsprings. He isn't ignoring them. He's fulfilling his responsibilities. We recall earlier we read in another passage how he had blessed Ishmael and he he had sent him out as a man to found nations and to lead peoples and to be a great warrior and to be a national leader. And here at the end, he blesses his other children and he gives them his possessions. He gives them blessings and and kindness and sends them out and separates them from Isaac. The land has limited resources, limited water, limited grass for herds. It's a very harsh land in many ways, the south of what is now Israel, in which they lived. And Abraham took care to fulfill his complex responsibilities. Sometimes when you and I face our lives and things get complicated, we want to throw up our hands. I do. Maybe, maybe I should just be autobiographic. I want to throw up my hands and say, I don't know what to do with all this. How do I make sense out of this? Abram's response to his responsibilities gives us guidance. If we sit with Abraham and learn from him, look at what he does. He sets priority by what God has said to him. God has given him a son of promise and he isolates that son of promise from as much complexity and difficulty and competition as he can. At the same time, he fulfills a fatherly responsibility to all of his other children. He sets God's task for him and God's promises for his family as a first priority. And he puts everything else into the best order that he can imagine. Pretty good advice for a complicated life like you live. How do we order our days, and how do we organize our lives? We are children of eternity and children of time. We're children of the kingdom and citizens of a country. We're members of the king's family and members of earthly families. We must identify with Abraham and set our complex lives into a simple pattern that says God first and his promises must be fulfilled. Let me order my life by that. But we see something else as you look farther after after that. If you look down into verses 7 and 8, we see that in the middle of all of this, this sort of striking phrase abram was satisfied with his life or well, you might say if i lived 175 years i'd be satisfied too <laughs> but you know satisfaction with life doesn't necessarily follow with the extension of days A long life isn't necessarily a blessed life. You and I have had the experience of losing friends and family members and members of the body of Christ at a young age to cancer and to accidents and to difficulties. And we've looked at their lives and said they could be satisfied with their life even though it was short. I remember the the story of a man that I never met. He was a physician. He lived in Egypt. He was about fifty five years old when he became a follower of Christ. Abdul Rahman was a Muslim. And he learned of Christ through a radio broadcast. And he committed himself to Christ and in his joy of new life, he told his family, his daughters and his wife. And as word reached the larger community, he lost his position. He was a teacher at, at the prominent medical facility in, in Cairo and he was, he was a the head of thoracic surgery at the leading hospital. He lost his bank account. He lost his family. He lost, he lost, he lost what we would call everything. And he was placed placed in Tor prison, a place for political prisoners. And there in the midst of a cell that was overcrowded, he had a heart attack. And the jail keeper came in and brought the the prison physician and they communicated with him and they said, you know you're having a heart attack. You know you're in danger of death. We can take you to the hospital. We only require one thing of you. Confess the Islamic confession. La ilaha illallah Well, Muhammad rasulallah. There's no God but God. And Muhammad is his prophet. He refused. They came back about 45 minutes later and he was sinking deeper towards that place we call death. And they whispered in his ear, say the confession and live. And this man, a few months old in the Lord, Said, Abanalevi, the Samoet, the beginning of the Lord's Prayer. And he left this world. I tell you that story because Abdurrahman had nothing as far as this life counts as values. He had nothing of freedom that this world counts. He had nothing in this world that we count as success. But I tell you, he lived this life and left it as a satisfied man because he had left it in the arms of his Lord and he had left it obedient to his master and giving witness to who Jesus is and how important he is to him. Abraham lived a long time. And through all the complexity of his life and all of the failures of his life, he remembered to get back up and turn to God. He remembered his faith. That's why he's the father of the faithful not because he's perfect, he wasn't, but because every time he fell, he looked back to his Lord and rose again. He lived a full life. He died satisfied. And he was gathered to his people. His father, who had a dream and left Ur of the Chaldees, who moved towards the land of promise, never got there, died in northern Iraq somewhere. Some who, between Adam and Abraham, had been living towards God, had never experienced God like Abraham did But we find at Abraham dying that he's gathered to his people. There's a context that every person who walks with God, every person who is a friend of God, every person who is a person of faith lives in. We are not individuals alone and mavericks. We are a community. And when you suffer, you suffer in a community. And when you have joy, it's richer because it's shared in a community. And when we struggle, our struggle is less difficult because our burdens are shared. Abraham was satisfied with his life. And he died. I don't know when Jesus is coming back, my dad always thought, dad died six and a half, almost seven years ago now. My dad thought that, uh, almost nine years ago now, I don't know what I'm thinking. Uh, my dad thought he was going to be caught up in the rapture. He never planned his funeral. He never did. I'm going to go up with Jesus. I'm not going to be buried in the ground. That's what my dad thought. Well, dad was wrong. He died. He died. Death is part of life unless Jesus comes back before then. And Abraham was prepared for his death. Not only was he prepared for his death, he had prepared his sons for his death. Now, the other children were his sons too, but there were two children from his youth almost 100 years old. Two children from his youth who had walked with him and talked with him and understood him. And he had prepared Ishmael and Isaac for the day that he was dying. And they followed their dad. They understood what was important to their dad. They understood what it meant to be a family standing together in loss. They understood because they had been there when Sarah had died. They knew what a family does. In the face of death, you stand together. Ishmael was headed in a different direction from Isaac. The other children were headed in a different direction from Isaac. Only Isaac was a child of promise. Only Isaac was the lineage of the Messiah. Only Isaac was to receive the land. But they were all the children. Of father Abraham he had prepared for his death in preparing his children to be faithful to their task the funeral was a time as they stood together and then they departed they re- released each other to their own task and to their own part of their ha- father's heritage And Isaac goes to that place, that well, where they had experienced seeing God and God seeing them. He goes to that place where his father had placed him to continue the journey. So what can we learn from Father Abraham? his death we can learn first that regardless of how complex our life is it really does shake out to one big issue do you trust God do you trust God when Abraham had failed in his life On those occasions, it was because he had taken control. His pride, his ingenuity, his power was what he was trusting. But he's called the father of the faithful because the mark of his life was that he trusted God and it was counted to him. For righteousness. So the first question Abraham would ask us today and will ask us in that day of days when we're gathered to that feast, tell me how you trusted God. My friends, my family, tell me how you trusted God in the midst of your life, in the midst of the problems, in the midst of the difficulties. How would you trust God? And that's the central question. This morning, God wants us to trust him. He wants us to trust him first, as we've sung earlier, that he can solve our sin problem. If you're here and you've never asked Jesus Christ to let his cross be your cross, Let his death count as your death. Let his righteousness count as your righteousness. He's here today for you. If no one else here has never done that and you have not ever done that, this morning Jesus, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the one who died and lives and is going to master ceremony that feast and that day when we sit with Abraham, he's inviting you, trust me, let me solve your sin problem. And if you, like I, dealt with that, let him deal with that a long time ago, he still has business with you and me in the complexity of our lives in the difficulties of our lives. Have you been trying to run your own life? If your record of that is like mine, it's uh, pretty messy. He invites you back. He invites you back. Let him be the Lord, not the consultant. (laughs) Let him be the Lord of your life. Those areas that you've tried to take over Give them back to him. Get back in the shepherd's fold. Be a sheep. Quit trying to be the shepherd. This morning, we sit with Abraham and we ask ourselves hard questions as an act of worship to the God who lives. Pray with me. Father, I pray that you would use this moment of worship in each of our lives, that we might consider not just Abraham and the close of his life and his funeral, but that today in the middle of our lives, we might ask ourselves the questions that Abraham asked himself. Lord, speak to us. Draw us to yourself that we might worship you in this moment of decision. We ask in Jesus' name.